Hello everyone, we're back with another episode of Disclosures Decoded, where we analyze movies, music, and media, both new and old. I'm your host, Dorian King. And I'm Sasha Soul. Now let's open the vault to share what we decoded. Today we're reviewing the album Honeycomb by Jitwam, a self-defined psychedelic soul savant. I believe he's from India, but he's based in Brooklyn now. He actually has a bio on a site called residentadvisor.net that claims him to be a world-class DJ and live performer. His first album was literally called Self-Titled, and after listening to both that and Honeycomb, I can say that this was a very different piece of work. Yeah, I think compared to Self-Titled, Honeycomb was a different change of pace. There's more vocals and distinctive sounds that kind of stand out to you as opposed to blending together all the way through. So first off, there's an actual form of melody and rhythm, which I like to bust up. Then there are much better vocals here than on self-titled. These are all good things, but when you hear this song, then go into the next one, Temptations, you notice a drastic difference in style. So I like this song individually, but I don't think it should be on this album. If you listen to Honeycomb start to finish, you'll realize it's just out of place. Yeah, Bus Stop is a cool and funky choice to have as the first track, but I agree it could have been released as just a single. It has a unique and commanding presence, which only isolates itself even further from the softer songs off the rest of the album. Now, Temptations follows Bus Stop. And from here on out is where I think the album picks up. The vocals are much deeper and soothing rather than the harsh, higher-pitched sound previously. There's live guitar and bass on this too, which is new to me when listening to Jitwam. The keyboard on this is a lot bolder and carries the weight of the song. It kind of defines the song from the beginning too. Temptations had a shift of energy than what Bus Stop had given us. I liked how the vocals were used to highlight the guitar instead of the other way around. Uh, having vocals in the back made other instruments stand out a little more, and it blended together nicely. Yeah, the beat is very basic. Like, it's just something to keep the rest of the song in a consistent rhythm. I think my favorite thing about this is probably the transition the song makes into the following song, Diamonds. And this song is a nice, straightforward one that is more focused on the featured vocals of Marie Bashiru. There's really only three pieces to the beat, a kick, clap, and fast-tapping tambourine that keeps a consistency pacing the song to sound like it's a fast track. About halfway through the song, it transitions very nicely to a much more relaxed feeling. And Diamonds was like a cool homage to early 2000s R&B. Something about it felt so true to that time while still feeling really fresh to the audience of today. There's a beautiful trumpet or some sort of brass instrument that plays in a way that is mixed like it's on the front of the track, but also part of the background. It sounds kind of like the musician is in the middle of the streets of Brooklyn and the music is echoing off the buildings. If you jump ahead four tracks, you get to the song, I Don't Know. I really like this song. It's got a great rhythmic keyboard and guitar combo. The vocals are the melody rather than an instrument. 
the song has the most developed sound with all the layers you can hear. It hits its peak when flutes kick in with the second set of vocals. And this song is so sexy. From the guitar to the vocals, like I can only compare the crispiness of this track to the first bite of a potato chip fresh out of the bag. It's so good, and you just have to put it on repeat. Like I have nothing but praise for this track because it's my favorite off of Honeycomb. I think my favorite thing is a line that finishes the song while the instrumental fades away. It says, This life is meant to be a mystery, trying to get the best of me. The jazz is only in the finer things in life, but I really don't know what is wrong. I really don't know what is right. And I can't quite say what it is about this line, but it speaks to me. And I feel like I understand it on a personal level that I can't explain. So the last track is named Aria's Song. And it's just a mellow, minimalistic tune that smoothly tapers off. And it's very satisfying to me. Until you realize after another two and a half minutes that the song is not actually over. And then there's another minute or so of unnecessary music. I don't usually like when songs do that. It did have an awkward, abrupt pause that led to more music. And it could have been left out or included as a bonus track. But I think some people enjoy this style and find it charming. But it was a bit of an interesting way to end an album, though. I don't think I've heard anyone do something like this before. When it comes to this album being easy to listen to, when you start it off, it's kind of questionable. I feel like some people might hear the vocals and get turned off with the concern of the whole album sounding like that. People have short attention spans these days, and they want to hear the good stuff fast. And that's why I said earlier that the intro track shouldn't even be there. Yeah, I think it gives an expectation for how the album will sound, and the flow of the album feels disrupted because of it. I mean, at least it was still a very good album regardless, but I agree, the intro track could have been set aside, despite it also being a favorite of mine. If you get past that, I think it's a great listen. Every song is pretty smooth going from one track to the next, and I think that is what makes this album special. It's fluidity. This speaks to the production quality as well. The whole thing sounds mixed and mastered beautifully. It's not easy to get those brass instruments to sound so clean. The production of the album is great. It's easy to get into while in a mellow setting or in the commuter lane. I think there are a few albums that make you homesick for the town you grew up in, and Honeycomb really enhances that nostalgia in its tracks. Lyrically, there really isn't anything to show for, though. There's that one line I pointed out, but aside from that, I think it's just words. I agree. I think the lyrical quality doesn't feel strong enough to stand alone, but Jitwam knew when to sing and how to uplift the tracks that he did sing on. My first instinct was that I liked it. The jazzy feel reminds me a little of certain Jay Dilla songs, but it's not pure hip-hop like I can say Dilla is. I feel like he does a good job of making his own style by incorporating some hip-hop sounds with soul and jazz instruments, but ultimately I think Jitwam has some work to do before he really breaks through as a daily listen for me. This was so easy to listen to from the moment I had heard Bus Stop. 
Of course, the album's organization could have been arranged a little differently, but it is still something I'd recommend. Not every song will be in my routine, but adding a few in a playlist seems more likely for me. So who would you recommend this album to? I feel like there's select people to recommend this album to, and they'd all fall into like deep hip-hop heads or maybe open-minded jazz fans. So I'm going to end up rating this album 6.8 out of 10. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, it, it is a pleasant album to listen to, but it is more for a sophisticated taste when it comes to listening to this and also appreciating it. So I'd probably give this album a rating of 7.3 out of 10. This was another episode of Disclosures Decoded. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now you can expose what we've disclosed. Thank you.